0: Hashem, we are learning about the Kama, Daf, Gimel. We left off on Daf, Lamed, Gimel, Lamed, aleph, ten lines from the top of the Amid by the two dots, Tonur, We are continuing to learn scenarios where, for example, Ru'uven walks into Shimon's domain and gets damaged in Shimon's domain. Ru'uven's permission to be there or not will affect the chiyuv that Shimon might have or not to pay for the damage that happened to Ru'uven. So Tonur, if workers come to claim their wages from their employer and they walked into the domain of the employer or The ox gored the workers or a dog bit the workers and and the workers died. And here we're speaking about an ox or a dog, that is a muad for which the owner of the animal is chayiv to pay khaifer. So the question is, here is the Balabayez, is the employer chayiv to pay khaifer or not, says the Tanakama potur, that he's exempt. Why will he be exempt? Because they had no permission to enter into his domain. And right away over here the Bach adds an important rule you can, let's read the Bach inside that the Tanakama that says, Patsayr is only from Khaifr Avul nikom Noakayim says the Bach Hu The rule that an animal that kills needs to be stoned to death because the animal becomes a menace that is not a, up to discussion over here that's a Avada that that has to happen the question in the machlik as we have in this B'raisa is whether the Balabayas has to pay Koefer or not. So Tanakama says, Pater, let's go back in the B'raisa. Acheirem O'Emrim, says that Rishoyim payalim That the workers were permitted to come and collect or to claim their wages from the Balabas meaning that they had permission to be on his domain and therefore the Baal will be high if the pay, Kaifer, Machlekes Tanaim. It's not really a Machlekes, it seems like. No, Machlekes... If everything was clear that the guy had permission to be there, he'd be high Okay, so clarifies, or the Gemara, Hey, he dummy exactly what is the case in which there is a Machlekes, whether the workers had permission to be there or not. He did shechiyach if the employer is someone that could be found or perhaps that is commonly found in the city, he leaves his property regularly, the workers would have been able to find him and to claim their wages from him when he is in the city when he 's in the public domain, then that say that says that they had permission to be on his property, why would they have permission to go to his property? And likewise, is if the employer is someone that basically spends his time in his property, so workers who have the right to get paid and to claim their wages, they didn't have an option other than to go onto his property, why would the Tanakh say that the employer is spotted? To which the Gemara clarifies, Loi that Sricha. Where do we have their datf, lamed, Gimel Gavra the That he is a person that doesn't go out of his home on a regular basis, but there are times that you can find him in the city. You could find him in the city, but you can't find him in the city. And adding to this, this is important. Baba, when the workers came to his door, they knocked on the door. And v'omar lohu to which the Balabais responds, in yes! So the Machlekes boils down to what does yes mean? So mar sovar, which goes to the acherim, in yes means ulta, come in, enter. And therefore they had permission to enter. So the Balabas is going to be in khaifer. Umar sovar, the Tanakama holds in. You know what yes means? Yes, wait where you are, I will go out to you. And as Toysavis very importantly adds, the third Swiss that all of this only works if it's Begabra, because if this is a person, Swiss says, that is always found in the city, then for sure when he said yes, yes would mean I'm coming out to you. He's not a person that hermits himself, that locks himself in his, in his domain. If he's a person that never goes out of his house, then for sure yes means come in. Being that it's a Gabra ve Shriach Veloishriach, that is why now we have a Machlaikis how to interpret his yes. Continues the Gemara Tanya, Omar, in Kum Aduktach Mashma. Now there's a Braisa that substantiates the opinion of the Tanakamel. Yes means yes, wait outside. And therefore when they entered, they entered. Shelo Bereshus. If they enter shelo Bereshus, the balabas is puter from paying Kaifer. The time you will learn in the brayso. If a worker, if it comes to claim his wages from his employer, and when he enters the domain of his employer, the ox gored the worker, or or the dog bit the worker, and again he died, the worker, the employer is exempt from paying Kaifer, and even though he entered with permission. So the question is, if he entered with permission, why is he putter? So it must be the Ababa, that he knocked on the door. And all the Balabas told him was yes. And here again, Taishwaz points out, let's read the fourth Taishwaz inside, little Taishwaz Tanya, that the Alkar that the Shchiach, this Braishwaz also must be speaking about a Balabas. That sometimes leaves his house, sometimes stays in his house, because the Ibish because if he's a person that's always to be found in the city, is nichnas bereshos, the Braysa wouldn't have said they entered with reshos like we spoke out on the, from the previous Toysus. If someone always leaves his home, and you knock on his door and he says yes, yes means yes, I'm coming out. The fact that the Braysa says nichnas bereshos, it must mean. Jesus doesn't speak on the other side. The other side is, is that if he never leaves his home, and then in, for sure, would have meant come in, then if he said come in, he'll be chayv to pay koefer. If I invite you to my house, and God forbid my animal kills the one who went inside, since nichmas Birashus at De I'm chayv. So shmaminah, in, in the case of shchiach is kum adukhtoch mashmat, means yes, wait, I'm coming outside. I think a millman is a different scenario. The question is what permission do they have? What's what's the common sentence? It, it, it it's clear if that the, guy the person has the chaif it's clear the guy doesn't have permission, you're part of Kaifir. The, the, the That's what the Bach says. Very good. Okay. The next Mishnah is, is mamish awesome. The Mishnah begins, daflamet gimel Ze. If two oxen, both of them are Tam, Both of them, when they gore, only have to pay for Nezik if one gored the other. So first of all, just to speak out, that the Rosh substantially qualifies this Mishnah. And he says that this Mishnah is either only speaking about a case where both oxen started to fight mamash at the same time, or one ox gored today, and the other ox gored back many days later. Because in a normal case of a fight, we have the instigator, where ox number one gored first and ax number two reacted to ax number one, we learned already now for three times the rule that Reshlakish taught us, that if someone starts to act irregular and in reaction to the irregular act, there is an, act, there is an hezek, the second one, the one that's Vashinabai will be putter. That's very important because the Mishnah is going to also compare the same rules of two oxen with two people fighting, will have the same concept. That if one starts up and the other one reacts immediately, the reactor will not be chayiv. Will not be chayiv to pay for an When the Mishnah is speaking about a scenario where both owners will be chayiv, is again, either they both started to fight at the same time, or it was a very, very prolonged reaction that we don't consider it a reaction anymore. Many days later. so now, what's the issue? The question will be that the value of the damage of one is not exactly like the value of the damage of the other. So says the Mishnah, Mishalmin Bam Moisar, that the excess that will have to be paid, being that they're both Tamin, will only be half of the excess. In other words, the owner of the one who got damaged less his animal got damaged less. His animal caused greater damage. And I will give an example in a moment. He'll have to pay. But he only have to pay chatzinezik. If shnei of adim. If the both oxen were moads. And again, each one damaged the other. Let's give the first case of the rush. They gored each other. They began at the same time. But the, 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 the nezik was a different value. So, you know, let's say 100 on one side, 80 on the other side. So the one who caused hundred has to pay twenty. The miser has to be paid all of the miser. Not half of the miser, but nezek shalom. Echod tam veechod muad. So then the Mishnah says it depends. If muad be tam, if the one that caused the excess, the miser, was the muad one. So whatever that number was, mishalom a nezek shalom. If the tam is the one that has an excess number of damage, so, so the Tam is, is going to be the one that makes payment, but being that he's a Tam, Ba Ba'moyser, only Chatzin Now, here, we have a very important machloikis between the Rambam, and most people put Taisves together with the Rambam on one side, and Rashi and the Rosh on the other side. Because when the Mishnah says Ba'moyser, if we'll take a moment and to think, there are two issues here that we do not want to confuse. So let me begin in a case. Where ax number one, the tam that gored the muad, the tam whose owner only at the end will have to pay, if he has to pay, Nezik, Let's say he caused a nezek of $80. The tam in the muad caused a damage of 80 And when the muad gored the tam, it caused a damage of $100. What is the moeser? So the, the Rambam writes that the moeser is the liability. Meaning, the Tam gored the Muad, it caused the damage of 80, but being that the Tam only has to pay for Khatsi Nezek, we view that as a damage of 40, because he's only liable to pay for 40. The Muad gored the Tam, the nezik was 100, for which the owner has to pay nezik Shalom, so it's 40 one way, 100 the other way. So what is the Mysir? 60. Correct? You take the 40 off the 100, has to a meister of 60. Rashi clearly writes otherwise. Rashi writes that in as much as when it comes to actually making payment, if the one who has the excess is the Bal Hatam, he'll only pay half Hatzinezek, that's fine. Tam only pays Hatzinezek. But when you come to evaluate the meister, you never deduct. You don't look at the liability, you look at the actual damage. So let's go back to our case. The Tom gored the muad, 80. The muad Gord, the tam, 100. What is the difference, says Rashi? 20. Only 20. The damage, 80. The other one caused an excess of the damage, 20. So if it was the muad than the Tom, he has to pay all of the 20. If it would have been the other way around, then he would only have to pay 10, half of the 20. But when you come to evaluate the muad holds Rashi and the Rosh holds with Rashi. Here we don't look at how much the Torah will have liable, will make liable the Bal Hatam. When you look at the Meiser Rashi and Rosh holds, you look at the damage. And actually that will be the whole Chiddush of the Mishnah. See Tracer was asked a question, the whole Mishnah Shita. We already know Tom pays Chatzinezek, we know that Mood pays Nezek Shalom. We can figure out on our own that if I owe you and you owe me, so who ends up paying money? The one who has a moiser, whoever has an excess chiyuf. The very fact that Tosves asks the question, Peshit and the Mishnah, everyone holds that Tosves holds like the Nambam, that even when you come to Cheshbe the moiser, you don't look at the damage, you look at the liability, which would be more logical. So you look at the liability to begin with, and on top of that you only pay half of that in the moiser. And that's why Trey says, what's the the Chiddush of the Mishnah? Okay, the So remember this, the very important Machleikas. Rashi Rosh, Nezek, and Rambam. And Trey liability. Not Nezek. Because Tam to begin with only has to pay for half. Right it. Now the Mishnah says, And the same rules are applied if two people are fighting with the other. Again, here, whatever the rush said in the beginning goes over here also. That's a, that's a, that's a halacha la maisa. In other words, if kol ha veshina achar boi, the second one is exempt. So again, either they started to fight at the same time, or he reacted later. Now, by a man, when do we say that kol ha veshina achar boi, so if someone hit me and I reacted back, I'll be exempt, that is only if my reaction was to protect myself. And I only did the minimum needed to protect myself. By an animal, we don't hold an animal intelligent enough to understand that all the animal has the right to react is just to protect itself. To give the other animal a clap to the point, don't hit me because it's going to hurt you. When the animal damages back as a reaction, the owner of the animal will be putter completely, no matter what the animal does. By the man, men fighting with each other, not like in the case of the Mishnah. But when one started up and the other one reacted, he'll be putter. The reactor is putter, but only if he reacted for what was needed. Okay, so back in the Mishnah, the same thing. That if at the end of the day... One caused damage of the hundred. The other one caused damage of eighty. So the one who owes the hundred only has to pay the twenty. He has to pay the difference between and hundred and eighty. And likewise continues the Mishnah. If Adam b'muat, umuat ba'adam. ox that is already a muat. That was, so to say, fighting with the man, And both mu'ad nezik shalom. O- Adam has to pay nezik shalom. So the same thing, mishalom ba'mayser. Whichever one owns the excess has to pay that complete. Shalom. Adam betam adam. And here we're going to have a machlekas tanoim. So the Tanakama holds Adam betam, mishalom ba moise, Shalom. If the man was the one that caused more damage, since man has to pay Nezak Shalom, whatever the excess is, whatever the ba is, pay Nezak Shalom. Tanakama. According to the Tanakama, just like the trader explicitly says that if a ox gores an ox, and the oxes of Tam, you only pay chatzin esek. When a Tam gores Adam, you only have to pay chatzin esek. Mishalom, esek And here is where Akiva argues, and Abakiva omers af Tam shechaval bo Adam, mishalom b'moisir esek shalom. Abakiva holds that when does the Torah differentiate between a Tam and a Muad? By yeshuris shnagach, that yeshuris shnagach yeshur. But if you have a yeshuris shnagach Adam. There, you have to right away pay, Nezek Sholeim, the owner of the animal, that's a tom, has to pay to the Odom, to the nizak Nezek Sholeim. It says the Gemara, now we're going to learn what is the base of the machlek is between the Tanakam and abakiva. Really, it will be, uh, be ideal to get Chumashim, maybe bring a few Chumashim over here. We're going to Pasha's Mishpatim, to Patek here, we're using Prak and Patek Kaf Aleph. And the parsha of a shayur shanagach, whether the animal is a tam, or whether the animal is a muad, that you have explicit psukim, that speak about whether the person is chayiv, chati nezek, or nezek Shalem, begins in pasik chaf and in chaf alef. Give me a chumash quickly. Pasik chaf and we're going to go through pasik chaf ches. This is going to be important. Pasik chaf tes, pasik lamed, and pasik lamed aleph. We're using here the gutnik chumashim. And we are going... Parshals Mishpatim, again, Perechhov Alev, Pasech. No, but, yeah, but we're going to begin with Pasechhov, has to page 486. So let me read quickly the psukim. Mean, you have to have it. It's very easy, just when you have the psukim in front of you. So, like this. First of all, the trade establishes that that the animal has to be put to death. Take it back. Here we're learning the psukim that speak about an animal killing a, a person. We got the chomashim over here. And here you have that when the animal is a tam, right away an animal kills, you have to put the animal to death. So the first pasik is speaking about a tam. Pasik chavtes, the im shreid nagachum, it's is speaking about a shreid, that's a muad. Behuad viva Allah, veloish mereno. Behemis ishayisha. Not only does the ox have to be put to death in pasik chavtes, but the gamba all of you must. Here we have the concept that the owner has to also be put to death. And here you have Pasuk Lamed that says, no, no, no. That, Im yushas that you don't actually put the owner to death. If the owner wants to pay redemption money, sheyushas And now we have Pasuk Lamed Aleph, on which we're going to have now the B'raisa. Page 486. Oi bein yigach, oi basi yigach, that if the ox killed a boy or a girl, is This is exactly what we should do to the ox. Now, let's read inside the Gemara. When it says in Pasik that Kamishbat and the question is, the words Kamishbat are extra. The Torah could have written that in Ben Yigach, Oy Bas so then Vechen Yasaloi. What's Kamishbat Haze Yasaloi? Like this, the words Kamishbat is extra. So says Debraisa, Kamishbait Shar Bishar that we're not even though the, the, the pshat of the Pasik we're only speaking about an ox that killed we're speaking about the obligation to yisakal ha and also if the shor is a that Gam Olaf has the yumas and there's a the concept of kaifer but here the b'raisa is learning an extra din that just like we find shor b'shor that there is a difference in how much money is paid for Nezek. Tamish alam nezek, umod nezek shalom. So the kamishpat is adding, af shor adam alam nezek, umuat nezek shalom. That is the tanakam of our Mishnah, from the extra kamishpat However, the Oimer, that when it says kamishpat hazeh, the word hazeh is always a limiting word. Now, you have Pasuk chavtes. And you have Pasik Chavches. Pasik Chavches, which is closer to Lamadalev, is called the Tachtoin. Pasik Chavches is called the Alien. Chavches the Tachtoin. Chavches the Alien. What is Chavches speaking about? Muad. What is Pasik Chavches speaking about? Atam. So says Rabakiva Gavaldik, Kamishvat Haze only like this. This meaning the closest one to Pasik Lamadalev, which is Ketachtoin. What is Tachtoin speaking about? Muad. That if a an animal damages a person not kills, damages a person, you always judge him, Kamish hazeh, as if the animal is a muat. There's always nezek shalim. But Dafka not like Elian. There is no tam when an ox damages a person that the owner of the ox only has to pay Chatzin Nezek. Now to which Rabakiva adds, now Yochel, now that I established from the word haze. That Shor Shonagach Adam, who damages Adam, always pay nezek Shalom. There is no tamu, so you would think maybe it should be mamish completely like Adin of amud, which is that he has to pay it min aliyah. We know that by Keren Tam, not only is there a difference between nezek versus nezek Shalom, but even the nezek only comes from the goof of the animal that was Mazik. So therefore, even Abba Kiva says, the Plato says the words Yeh in other words, that you are limited to get the payment from it, from the animal, Migufei Mishalam and Mishalim and So Rabakiva also was moided that there is some sort of difference between Tam and Muad, but the difference is only Migufei versus Minoaliyah, but the number should be Nezek shalom even by a Now, the Rabbanan Ze Lamali answers the Gemara that the Ze that we said is a limiting word is Lepatre miarba Bodvarim. Rabbanan hold that an animal that's a Tam that's Mazik Adam also only pays Chatzin nezik. What does the Z teach you? That the Arbad Varim, which is a side of nezik, Tsar, Ripu, Shavas, and Boishus, is only paid when Adam is Mazik Adam, never when Shayr is Mazik Adam. So to which he answers that he learns it from Parshas Emoir. And we said this many times already that the source from which we learn. That when Adam is a mazik, not only does he pay Nezik, but he pays additional things. That's learned from the Pasik in Emir. And there it says, Ish, ki mumba misoi, misoy didn't have to say ish, the could have said, mumba misoy. Mamish. Ish is to exclude Ah. So now the question is, why do the Rabbanan need two exclusions? What is excluded? By Shor, if Shor is Mazik Adam, the only additional payment that Shor does not have to pay is Tsar. You would only exclude Tsar. Tsar is different than the other damages. Maybe not like Boish's, but Tsar is definitely different than Shevis. Tsar is definitely different than Ripoy. Ripoy, for me to heal myself, I have to pay money. If I, if I'm unemployed, I lose money. There's a monetary loss. Tsar has nothing to do with the monetary loss. How do you measure Tsar? The person who gets damaged is asked, "Listen, if you for sure are losing your hand anyway, how much would you pay to lose it with an anesthesia?" Or, "How much would you accept in order for you to lose it without an anesthesia?" That's not called a money. that's not a money loss. So you would talk a thing that when the plate is saying ish, it's only excluding tzad if an animal was side on Adam. And why, Taka, will the owner of the shor not have to pay? Because there's no monetary loss. But maybe ripuy and sheves, we don't speak about bushes. Boishas also has no monetary loss. You would have thought litain. So that's why on top of the ish to exclude, you also have the zem. But coming back to our mishnas, and so now we learn the machloikas, rabakiv, and tanakamo, whether a shor, that was Mazik and Adam. Whether you have the concept of Tamus and Muad regarding Chatsin Ezek or not. Now let's move on to the next Mishnah. Says the Mishnah. Now this next Mishnah is going to open up a discussion that's going to go all the way into Daflamid Aleph, all the way into Daflamid Dalid, all the way up to the Mishnah. So Oraflamid Gimel by the Mishnah. Second Mishnah. Shor Shava Mane. If an ox that's worth a hundred, Shenagach Shor Shava Mosaim. That gourd and ox. That's worth 200. Now we're speaking about an axe. That's a tam. What's the din of a tam? He did damage of 200. How much does the owner have to pay? The trader, we just read. He has to pay. He has to pay 100. Now let's not forget there's another detail involved that we're going to address. Which is that if the carcass is worth money. We already learned that the carcass remains to the damaged party. It's deducted off the number. So the Mishnah is giving a scenario where that the carcass is worthless. So the total damage was of 200. The owner of the shoyed has to pay only Chatzinezek. His ox is worth 100. The payment comes Mi Gufoy. Says the Mishnah, that the damaged party takes the ox. We'll see exactly what the Mishnah means to say with that. says our Gemara and now we're opening up ah this Mishnah only goes according to Rabbi Kiva, What's, there's a Rabbi Kiva Rabbi and let's read it inside when we have the din of Yusham HaShoer that the ox that gourd needs to be assessed why does the ox need to be assessed the ox that gourd, because by Tam not only does the owner only pay Chatzinezek the owner only has to pay it mi gufoy. so you have to know how much the ox is worth the goring ox if my ox gored your ox and my ox caused a thousand damage for which I have to pay 500 but my ox is only worth 100 you only get 100 so when you evaluate the ox so says the Tanakama, which is Rabbi Yishmael that we view as we'll see the words in a moment the damager is a balchoyv. He owes the chatzinezek to the damaged party. Like any other balchoyv. You lend me money, I owe you the money. He owes the money. So when the trader speaks about evaluating the ox, evaluating the ox means that Beydin evaluates the ox, notifies the damaged party, listen, you're, you're mochoyv kach because because your gufoy is worth kach mekach. You're never going to be m'choyed to pay more than chatzinezek, but you might be obligated to pay less than chatzinezek, right, if your ox doesn't have the full value of chatzinezek. Rabbi Kiva says, no, that the evaluation is not something that's done in a basin to notify the damager how much money you have to pay the damagee, but Rabbi Kiva, Omer, Huchlat, Tashoir that the animal, that gourd automatically gets transferred to the, to the domain of the damaged party. When the trader says that you pay me gufoy, it means that the animal be, it becomes the property of the damaged party. Now let's clarify, when exactly does that happen? Before Yusham Hashoyed, we don't know whether that's true or not. But once Beisdin makes a Hamadabadin and they paskin that the owner of the tam is the guilty one. And they have to pay. And you evaluate the ox, so lima freya, retroactively, you say that from the moment of the damage, the damaged party owns the ox that gored. And that's exactly what the Mishnah is saying. That he takes the ox itself. A balchayv doesn't have to give the ox. If you view him as a balchayv, he can get away with paying cash. Rabbi Kiva holds he cannot get, get away with paying cash. Because the animal becomes transferred too. Now, Like this, when my ox is worth 200, and my ox gores your ox, that's worth 200. And my ox is a tam, How much do I have to pay you? Only 100. If my ox is worth two, then we become partners, according to Nabakiva. It's not that the animal gets transferred. That's where the Torah says, that umachru es ashoi rachai, vachatzu es But here also, you are our partner. Now, when my ox to begin with is only worth 100, so all of the money that I owe you, is the value of the ox according to Rabakiva? You're not a partner. I'm out. You're in. The damaged party becomes the sole owner. But my comifligi explains the Gemara. So if they're both akshanim, it has to be sold, and each one gets a hundred. If they make an agreement, you know what? You keep it, and I'll pay you for your half. That's okay. But if each one is insisting in getting the ox, so then basin sells it, and each one, no one gets the ox you cut the baby, you sell the ox and you split the money. Rabbi Shmuel holds Balkhaivu. Rabbi Shmuel understands that the obligation of the damager is like an obligation of any creditor. He's a balkhay, he's a debtor, he owes the money. And hu and therefore he can he can he can give his claim by paying cash. With money, he pays his debt. Rabbi Kiva holds. He's a partner, again, a partner in the case that I spoke, where mine is worth 200, yours was worth 200. I only have to pay you 100, so we're partners. But in the case of the Mishnah, we're not even partners. Because I have to pay you 100, my whole ox is only worth 100. So you, you meaning the damaged party becomes the owner. And the b'hai k'ro. The Yermach is based on the interpretation of the following Pasig. Here, now correct. Here, where the Pasig is speaking about the obligation of a tam penk The Torah says that they shall sell the animal. And you divide the money in half. Who is the they that's selling it? Who sells it? According to Rabbi Shmuel, they goes on Beidin. Hashem is speaking to Bazin. Hashem is speaking to Bazin because really you cannot force the damager to sell it. You can't force the damager to sell it. If the damager is a Balchayv and he wants to pay his debt with cash, he can pay it with cash. But why do you have to... Sell it. In other words, it's more about Beydin getting involved in assessing how much would, would your, will your ox be worth if you sell it. Because we need to know the value of the ox. Because he only has to pay the chatzinezik. If my goof is not even worth half of the nezek, then I don't even have to sell my ox. So to say. Words, I don't even have to give you that amount of money. But it goes on the Beydin. Rabbi Kiva holds, The trader is not speaking about Beydin. The trader is telling you that they become partners. If they become partners in the case of 200 against 200, so then well, how do you how do you resolve that? So Hashem is telling the partners, Khavra, you sell the ox and each one gets half of the money. Now, for the Gemara, my benayu, and as all the Rishonim point out, what do I mean, my benayu? We just gave the nafkemino. Then my benayu will be, can the damager pay cash or not? The Gemara knows that. The Gemara is giving another nafkemino, and that is igdisho in Nizak. As we spoke out, Lord Kiva, even though before they went to Beisden, the damaged party cannot take the, the, the Shoyen Hamazik. But once in Paskind that the damager is the damager, and the damagee is the damagee, and the money is a hundred, and the ox is worth a hundred, retroactively, now it became revealed that the damaged party owns the Shoyen Hamazik. It gets automatically transferred. So what happens if the Nizak was magdish the animal? Was it his to sanctify? That's the Nafke Like Rashi says at the end of the Amid. Let's read inside Rashi two lines from the bottom. That according to Rabbi Shmuel, who holds that the animal is not transferred to the damaged party, the damager owes money. If he wants, he could pay it with the animal. But he's not mochoyed to do so. So, loy like, So, the Nizak didn't have the ownership to be Magdish. But, let Kiva, Kaddish. And the Kiddish will be, according to the Hishonim, that even if he was Magdashid before they went to Adin Toida. Now that days in that the damager is Chayiv, retroactively it becomes revealed that the animal was transferred from the moment of the damage. And therefore the nizik had the power to be Magdashid. Says the Gemara ravamirav Nachman. What happens now if Mochari Mazik, if the Mazik sold it, and let's add a detail. According to Rabbi Kiva, we know he doesn't have the right to sell it. It's not his But according to Rabbi Yishmael, who says that the animal is not automatically transferred to the Nizak, it belongs to the Mazik, so why would we even ask? Of course he can sell it. Here the Gemara is going to point out a huge thing. Even according to Rabbi Yishmael, the fact that the trader says on the basin that you sell the animal and you divide its worth, the trader is putting a lien on this animal that's a Mazik. So there's a lien on it. So the mazik owns it, but he doesn't own it fully. So now the question is: What happens if he sell, sells it? So even Rabbi Yishmol, the last line of the amid that Balkhaifu is only viewed as a balchayv The who the masik that he only has to free himself by using money to pay his debt. So then macher he has the right to sell it. more perhaps turning to amid. Right, this is the question that Raba asked of Rav Nachman. Even the mishabed leil nizak, since there is a lien on it, and we're going to see the novelty here. Normally, liens are connected to real estate. Here, we have a lien on movables. Since there is a lien on this movable, so maybe laf kol he should not have the power to sell it. Or to word it differently, it's not that he doesn't have the power to sell it; he can sell it. The question is, if he doesn't pay cash. Can the nizak take it out of the purchaser? Now that is something that until now we had clear. Whenever there is a lien on land, you can take the land from the lekuchas. That's the whole point of having a lien on a land. We even learned the whole question whether an evid also can become a lien. By metaltolin, up until now we learned that you can put a lien on metaltolin. But if I sold the metaltolin to a buyer, and then I default, the creditor cannot collect the metaltolin. Because there is no coil, remember that whole sugya. Like, how would he even know when it comes to land? You who bought land, you should have done a search on the property, and you should have found out that it's leaned. So therefore, you're lose the land. You'll you'll try to get your money back, but you lose the land. Normally, by metalul, we learn that you can never collect metalul from a lekeach, from the lakuchois. Here, the question is, could you or could you not? So Amalei Da Nachman responded, "Einomachor, you cannot sell it." So one second, so the Gemara right away asks, you can't even sell it? It says in Ebrei, So it clarifies Rav Nachman, what I meant is not that he cannot sell it, or Rabbi Yishmael, the mazik owns it. But what it means is, that if he sells it, and he doesn't pay to nizak the money, here we have the one exception, that since the trader put a lien on the ox that was mazik, even though Rabbi Yishmael, the damaged party, if he doesn't get paid with cash, can collect that ox not only when the ox is under the domain of the mazik, even if the mazik sold it to a lakeach, he collects it from the lekeach. One second, if it's such a strong lien, it's like a lien on of an apoytika, that we say that he can collect it even after it was sold. So So what does the brayso mean when it says for what respect was it sold? Again, you can answer, for what respect was it sold? It was sold. And if the mazik pays money, then it's sold. The Gemara adds another detail. Lididia. This is important. What does Lididia mean? Think about it, Hebre. The loikeach used the ox to plow his land. Now the mazik defaults. So Basin tells the mazik, Hashem connected your debt to the gufoy. So they give the right, even on Abiyashmol, to the nizak to collect the gufoy. Does the lekeach owe money now to the nizak? According to Rabbi Kivu, he owes him the money. Because since, as we said, the moment there was a Hamad retroactively, we're learning Peshat O'erash, he learns the animal belongs to the nizak. the had the mazik, the mazik, had no right to sell it. So if he sold it to the lekeach, whose animal did the lekeach use to plow the lekeach's field? The nizak's. He has to now compensate the nizak. It's like I, I rented your car without paying your money. But according to Rabbi Shemal, when it says in the B'Raisa, Mecharay Machar means that until when the, the Nizak is going to collect it, the sale is a sale. And the L'keach doesn't have to compensate now the Nizak for the Ridya, for the plowing that he did with his ox. So now the Gemara is, is marveling. Shmamingah. Can you prove from here that Lava, Rashi adds the words, Umachar, Mittaltalin, bathed in Goiva Loima'am? Where do we find such a thing? That the becomes leaned to a debt to the point that a Lekeach will lose it. Can you collect it from a Lekeach? So the Gemara says, one second, Shani the Bikamanda asoya poite That since the Torah says you collected me Gufoi, it's not stam that I owe money and my movables become leaned. The Torah connected the lean with this animal. But still asks the Gemara, that's not enough. Because Veho Amar Rava. Right, we learned this in Gitin, and we learned this above that also o If an evid is connected to a debt, if you make, if you say apoyte koi, if you connect the evid to a debt and you sell the evid, then Then just like you can collect karka from a likayach, so too you can collect an evid if the evid was made into a But if a person makes his ox into an apoyteke. Even if you connect the ox to a debt, but if the debtor sold the ox, ain't bech goy And why will this be an exception? It's posh, it's not fear. In other words, why would the lekeach lose out? It has to boil down, to two things. First of all, there has to be a gemir das that this is Taka leaned. And then you have to have the concept that why would the lekeach lose out? And the answer is that the lekeach Taka should not lose out. The only reason why the lekeach loses the land is because he should have done a property search. So there's some responsibility on you. If you didn't do your due diligence, that's on you. We say you did your due diligence and you took the risk. And as we learned until now, karka, when you make a star, so there's a coil that the, the owner, the original owner owes money. When it comes to metalton, there's no coil. So the Gemara answers, exactly that's the key. Evid my Tama Mishum, the like column. Which is why Evid is an exception, and if you make an Evan as an Apoetike, you can collect from the evid Hainami, this ox also, Kiv the nagah, since the ox gored... See, the ox is a menace. It's not just that there's a coil that the mazik, the owner, owes money, it's more than that. When an ox gores, and the sh- people find that that ox is a... stay away from that ox. Koli islahu. that the treidah nagach everyone calls an ox a goring ox. So since there is a coil, then the, then the lekeach should have done a due diligence. And if he didn't, then it's on him. And we say that he did, he just, you know, he took the risk. But said, then napkemini will be Liridia. Again, this is the way Rashi learns in the Gemara. Rabbi Abishmal l'ridiyah, the lekeach, does, does not have to pay. And with Akiva, the lekeach has to pay the money of the l'ridiyah. Because it was never the nizaks, it was never the maziks to sell... It already belonged automatically to the Nizak. So I used your animal to ply my field. I got to pay your money. Continues the Gemara. Tanii Rav Tachlifa Bar Rav Tachlifa barmarova means the one that lives in Eretz Israel. He taught the following b'raisa in front of Rababo. Now we're going to learn this b'raisa. Mirza will finish today with this. It's a lengthy b'raisa. There's many cases. And it's going to go from here until Lama top and the helmet. Number one, mecharoi. If he sold the ax. Now, the Braise doesn't say, the mazik is the one that sold it, or the nizik is the one that sold it. We'll have to clarify that. But mecharoi, ain mochur. The sale is not a sale. But if he dishoy, but if he was magdish, this ax, we're speaking about a shoy, tam, that was mazik, from which you collect the payment, Migufoy. if you were magdish, it, then mugdash and of Brayse. Now this is an inherent contradiction. Because now that we have Rabbi Shmol, Kiva, we understand, you know, there's a machloik as Who owns the ax? Is it automatically transferred, Hukhlat? If that will be the case, then Rabbi Kiva, then the nizok should be allowed to sell it, and should be allowed to be it. And if the it. And if the mazik did it, it should be nothing. If you were holding like Rabbi Ishmael, the ox is not transferred, the ox belongs to the Mazik, so the Mazik should be able both to sell it and to be it. And if the Nizik did it, neither of them are worth anything. How can you reconcile this, Braisa? That a sale is not a sale, but Hegdash is Hegdash. If it's speaking about the Mazik, oh, that's going to be the answer. So then Mazik in, if it was speaking about the Mazik, then Makhari. And on this the b'raisa says that it's not sold. So then who must be the author of the b'raisa if the mazik cannot sell it? has to be Rabakiva. Rabakivi. That says, it's automatically transferred. So one second. If it's automatically transferred, then how can the mazik be it? That only goes according to Rabbi Yishmuel. That says Yusham Ashar Vebeizdin. Now Ella Nizak, so you're gonna to have to Taich, Ah, the Nizak is the one on which the Brisa says that Mechoray Ein Machor. If the Nizak sells it and it's not sold, then who is the author of the Brisa? Rabbi Shmuel. But then the question is, Higdishemukdash Asal Rabakiva. Answers the Gemara <speaking> Mazik. <in Hebrew> We're speaking about the Mazik sold it. The Mazik was Magdishit, and this Brisa is Lo Hakoil. And let's explain it. Now, according to Rabakiva, Kiva, it's clear that it's not sold. Why not? Because it's automatically transferred. Even according to Rabbi Shmuel, what did the B'raise mean? Ain't machor, like we learned on top of the Hamid. It means, It's not sold mean, it's not completely sold. Because we have this novelty that the Torah put a lean on the ox. That's the meaning that it's not sold. That if he default, even though he sold it, the Nizak can collect it from the Lekeach. Now when it says, Here's the Kiddush, even the Rabbah Kiva. Rabbi Shmuel, it makes sense. He was Magdashit, he owns it. Now according to Rabbah Kiva, who really owns it? The Nizak. So how can the, how can the mazik be Magdashit? Be, and it's beautiful that Raf Tachlifa taught his b'raisa in front of Rabbah So he tells Rabbi Bo, I can explain this based on what you yourself taught. Yeah, really, the mazik doesn't own it. But we don't want people to watch something that was verbalized as consecrated to Beisden. Consecrated to Hegdish, And then it going out without any redemption. People should never think that Hegdish can go out with B'loy So the hachamim demanded the mazik... To redeem it. Now there's an important point that Rishonim say. When the mazik has to redeem it being that L-ra-ba-kiva, it was never really his. So he doesn't have to give its full price. The only reason why he has to redeem it is for people not to say Heg so he can give a token amount of money to redeem it and then, who does this axe belong to? According to Rabbi Kiva, it belongs to the Nizak, It already belonged to the Nizak. It was transferred to him from the moment it did damage. Next, oh, I'm sorry. This b'raisek goes by right now. now, we're moving on to this b'raisek number two. tam If an axe, that's a t'am, did damage. Before, you even went to Adin Teirah. If you sold it, the sale is a sale. If you are Magdashit, the hegdish is a hegdish. Again, the, the Braisa is not explicitly saying who is the one that sold it. The Gemara is going to clarify. If the animal was slaughtered, if the animal was given away as a gift, says the asui. whatever was done, is done. Now as the Dishonin point out, from this line in the Braisa, what do we see? That this Braisa is not Rabakiva. From the wine, Masha, asu asui, Because even though, according to Rabakiva, who says it's automatically transferred, the Nizak cannot take it before you go to Adin Who says the Axtaka damaged? But Rabbi Kiva, the moment it was a Hamada Bedin, since he holds Huchlat Hashoid, it retroactively belongs to the Nizak. So when the B'raisek gives us a statement, Masha, Asui asui, which apparently you were speaking about the Mazik, because they didn't even go to Adin yet, so, of course, the Nizak cannot sell it yet. So, it, this Braisa this, this is not Rabbi Shmuel. And by the way, it's going to be that way. The Gemara won't even ask. It's going to be a given that this Braisa is Rabbi Shmuel, who holds that the animal doesn't belong to the Nizak. There's a lien. Now, continues the Braisa. However, if Misha Ahmad Bedin, once they go to Adin Tayrah, now. Makharai and a the Sale is not a sale. Higdishoy and a mukdash. Eina Mugdash means that you don't even have to give the token um, redemption money. Why not? Because everyone knows after Hamada Din, another statement we had a bit of, on this Amit, that Shreden HaGacha, this is a goring ox. So once people know that this is a goring ox, they understand that it doesn't belong anymore to the Ramazic, you don't even have to give any token redemption. if he it or he gives it away as a gift, lo he did nothing... And all of this has to be like Rabbi Shmuel. We'll have to explain that. We'll see We'll see what it means in a moment. Very good. Very good. Now, another detail says the Braiso. What happens if the Mazik had debts? If the creditors that lent money, other Baalachoyvis of the Mazik, came and they collected the acts, says the Braiso, Ben Chav, actually, Hizik, we don't care whose debt came first, whether he owed the money before he became a Mazik or afterwards. If they come and collect the ox, that was Mazik. So then, they did nothing. Since the damaged party can only collect it, even the lien is exclusive to the Sherha Mazik. So then, the Nizak has the sole rights to take that shroud if he's not paid off with cash okay continues the price however muwach is atkan was a tam but if the animal is a muad, so here the brice says bain shomat bedin bain shol yamad bedin regardless which phase they're up to bakhari the tamazak sold it it's a sale higdisho is mugdos shkhatei ur unsanib matana Furthermore kadmo bala big if other creditors collected that ox bain khawf atulihizik bain hizik atulihaw we don't care which debt came first if they already collected it mash yosi, then they 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 keep with they keep the ox why because latisha in and anglaman aliyah because there is no lien to this ox by ashar mu the mazik owes nezek sholim but the creditor doesn't connect it to the ox Okay, end of B'raisa. Now we'll begin to analyze the B'raisa. Omar Mar, the master of Torah, is quoting back the B'raisa. Machur. Right, like We already said that we're learning like Rabbi Shmuel. And it says that the sale is a sale. What does it mean the sale is a sale? Even according to Rabbi Shmuel, Tam becomes lean. And At Kach, a lean, that if the mazik doesn't pay cash, even if he sold the ox, the Nizak can collect the ox from the Likayach. El What does it mean it's sold? Not that there is no lien. It's sold that if before he collected it, the Likayach used the ox Liridia, the Likayach doesn't have to pay the Nizak. It's sold even Liridia. Hegdish hei If he sanctified it, it's mukdash. What does that mean? The Rababoh taught that you can never have Hegdash go out below pidyan. We're speaking about a case where he was Magdashit before hamad Bedin. Before hamad Bedin, even though there is a lien on the animal, which gives the Lekeach, the Nizak, the right to take it, but he can't take it before the Mazik at least gives a token, something to Hegdash. Now, according to Rabbi Shmuel, he has to give more than a token. According to Rabbi Shmuel, he owned it, he has to redeem it. He has to redeem it and then he, you give that animal to, to the to the nizak. gid on your question. the meaning of giving it a gift, the gift is a gift, it means that the recipient of the matana who used it, does not have to compensate the Nizak. But Elo if he slaughtered the animal, lay save. If he slaughtered the animal, what do you what do you mean The animal is leaned. Even when i Shmuel, it's leaned to the nizak. Let the nizak collect money from the from the meat. So it says the Gemara exactly. That, really that's what happened the Tanya, as we learned, chai. It says the trader says Hachai. So in that the meat of the animal is still lean to the damage to the damaged party. Tamudlaimir, um machru es The trader adds words to to include even if the animal was geschachtin, become so what does it mean, Masha Asu Yosui? So Amaraf Shizvi, Loi What the what the meant to tell you was LePcha Shkita, which means that if when the animal was mazig, the animal was worth a hundred. Now that you slaughtered it, there is a depreciation. Now let's go to the case of the Mishnah. My Shor was Mazik Yershur. Yershur your was worth two hundred. My Shor was only worth one hundred. Your carcass has no value. Which means, what do I owe you? 100. You would collect it from my animal. It would be great. You would get at least all of the half. Now that I shechted my animal, the animal is not worth 100 anymore. My animal is only worth 80, or it's only worth 50, whatever the value will be. Yes, that $50 is lean to the debt. And the Nizak will collect the Basar Shechuta. But what about the difference? So the, the, that's the meaning that Masha'Asui Yasui, that the depreciation is swallowed, is eaten up by the damaged party. The Mazik does not need to compensate the Nizik for that difference. Now, all of this, Chabre, can only be according to whom? According to Rabbi Shumal. Because according to Rabbi Kiva, that the animal is automatically transferred to the Nizik, the Mazik had no right to sell it. He owes all of the money. Very good. Vital. Now we added something which appears to be superfluous. Not like Rabbi Kiva, the nizek doesn't own it. But there is a shibud on the ox. If someone damages the shibud of someone else, you are exempt. And this fits into the general rules of damages. That if you are a groma and if you cause damage but you don't do direct damage but Which is exactly what happened. The, there was a lien on the animal. The mazik shouldn't have shechted it. The mazik to begin with is only paying half of the damage. And since it's only coming if he shechts it, he won't even have a hundred to give. He'll only have 50 to give. He shouldn't have done it. He caused damage. But he didn't. He was not mazik biyadayim. He'll be exempt. So if I damage the shibat of someone else, I'm going to be exempt. So if you own land, let's say, and your land was lien to a debt, and I damage your land, I damage the land, I don't have to pay for the loss that I caused for a, for a person to the, to the Balchayv who lost money. Yes, I caused damage to the Balchayv. It's Grama ben Izzak and Pateh. What did Rab Huna B'Rei add? That's what we just learned in the B'Raisa. That shchatoi Masha Osoy Answers the Gemara, you would think that by the ax. By the ox, being that at least the meat of the ox is still here. So the one who shechtered it can say, I didn't completely destroy the Shibut. I took the wind out of the ox. You took the life out of the ox. You took it and made it worth less. But at least the ox is still here. Abel you would have thought, if I am mazig the land, then Lichayev, then the one who was mazig the Shibu, the one who destroyed the Shibu, should have to pay komash malan. For the Gemara is still who needed that? Rabba that. The Amara rabba, rabba taught us that if you have a star, what is the star? The star is documenting a debt. What does that star in power? Since the debt is documented in a star, it gives the creditor the right to collect it from the real estate of the, of the debtor, even if he sells it. Now what happens if someone burns up those documents? What damage does he cause? Now the Baal can no longer collect it from the, Mish- from the Mishubadim. So again, he caused damage. Rabbah already taught us. Even though he caused full damage, potter Grama bin ezakeh So says the Gemara that Rabbi Yeshua knew what Rabbah taught. But nonetheless, he said, No, the Tema Hassam, Huda Armalay, Nayaraba Ama, Kalai Minach, I only burnt your piece of paper. In other words, the, the, the damage that I cause is not a, a visible damage. But when it comes to real estate, if someone goes ahead and he ruins the land that's lean to a debt by digging boris, Sheikh and he makes a full damage and he makes a visible damage. And we learned before about visible damage. Versus non-visible damage. You would think visible damage lichayiv kumash mulan That not that the ha'ochi, just like over here, Kaman. the ha'ochi by the axe is the dummy. Because when I shechted the axe, when the mazik shechted the axe, he made visible damage. The Asa nevertheless he doesn't have to pay because we only view him as a grandma. So that's why Rabbi needed to tell you a khidish. The same thing is also if a person does damage in someone else's real estate. Let's quickly finish this. Now we are continuing to quote from the B'raiseh. The B'raiseh says that if Kadmubal Ha'eviz V'higbiyu that if the, if the Mazik had other Ha'eviz and the Baal collected the Aks, the Shoir as their payment, ben chav, hizik, ben hizik, The other balchaves did nothing. Why? Even according to Rabbi Shmuel, lefische ein mishtalam asks the Gemara, If the animal damaged before the owner of the animal undertook other debts, meaning the lien that the nizok has on the animal comes prior other chayves. Makes sense. But why does the Braissa say that even if even in such a case that the Nizah the gets to keep the animals and we're speaking even in a case where the creditor, where the person who borrowed money put that ox as a lien, even in this case the Braissa is telling you the Nizah gets the ox. Why? If this ox was lean first. To the death, let, 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 let the Baal get it. And further asks the Gemara, Even in the case where it damaged first, why does the brisa say that Baal Chayef Kodim, even if the Baal comes first, I'm sorry, if the Baal collected it, if it hopped it, And the Vedas says, grabbing it is not worth anything, so why doesn't this resolve? A question, a machoik, is that we have a masechtas Why do we have a masechtas What happens if you have a balkhaif mu'ukhar? If a balkhaif that came in second. What happens if he grabbed, if he seized, first, the properties of the debtor? So even though he should have collected it second, but there is an opinion there that says that if you seized it, Mashagavu is Govu. Whatever you chapt, you chaped. Here the B'raisa is saying not. We should we should know from this B'raisa that Govu Answers the Gemara Loy. I'll tell you that when it comes to the question about uh, the second Balkhov, Balkhov Mu'uchar, whether if they seized first, whether they get to keep it or not, that is a question that you can have a Machloikism. Maybe Machacha Goba The The Shanahachi here by the ox is different. The Armor Lay, because the Nizak tells the Balkhov, If you would have first seized the ox, and under you it would have done damage to me. Is why me have a gavile? Would I not collect it from the axe? In other words, whenever there is a chayv that the traitor leans to the axe, then the nizah trumps everyone else. Because the high traitor, the askan, this act, the axe that damage, me name The traitor says, I collect from it. And that's the key line, as the Israel says. And therefore, that's the Kiddush of the Mreisah. That if it's a Shor-Tam, no matter if the Khaif came first, no matter if the damage came first, here even if he mash a Because since the Torah puts a lien on the Axe, that Axe, even L'Abi Yishma'u, will be used ultimately to pay the Nezik that the mazik is Chayv, in Hashem, to be continued.